You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. future success rested solely upon them trusting and obeying Jehovah, not a man. God was and is still on the throne. He's still there today. God was still Israel's king, and he's our king as well. This is a good reminder to us to remember these things, that even though there may be victories over enemies, there may be healings through doctors, we too must never forget where the victory was won. The ultimate battle cry on the cross, it is finished. How rotten does it feel when someone else takes credit for your hard work? Pastor Dave reminds us today how our successes in Christ are based solely on our trust and obedience in Him. Whatever He calls you to do, He will empower you to achieve. Don't forget that you're simply His tool. He's already won the war. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 12 as he begins his message, Transition of Authority. First Samuel 12 is a time of transition from the judges to a king. It's a transition period, okay? They've rejected God, and now they're moving into a monarchy. Saul, who had been anointed by Samuel and placed before the people, chosen by God, led the people of Israel to a great victory over the Ammonites, and they greatly rejoiced. They partied hard. They had a good time. Remember, this is one of the reasons why they wanted an earthly king to lead them into battle, to get them moving in front of them. And even though God had never failed them, not once has God ever failed them. You need to remember that. Not once has God ever failed in doing what he said he would do. God defeated all their enemies. Israel still demanded and insisted upon a king to rule over them and fight their battles. So he gave them Saul. But this great victory was won, and Saul had shown his valor and his leadership ability. Saul also showed his great spiritual insight, because remember, the Holy Spirit had come upon him, and he was able now to do the work that God had called him to do. And after the victory, instead of accepting the glory for himself and telling people, didn't I do a good job? I'm a pretty good leader, aren't I? He gave all glory and praise to God something that we need to remember. Samuel, the judge, the prophet, saw this as a great opportunity. He wanted to renew the kingdom, and he wanted to remind the people that although Saul had been anointed king, God was still in control. God was still on the throne. The fact that Saul led this great army in a great victory would tempt the Israelites to put their faith in their new king. And Samuel wanted them to know that their future success rested solely upon them trusting and obeying Jehovah, not a man. God was and is still on the throne. He's still there today. God was still Israel's king, and he's our king as well. It's a good reminder to us to remember these things, that even though there may be victories over enemies, there may be healings through doctors, We too must never forget where the victory was won. The ultimate battle cry on the cross, it is 
finished. The victory was won on that cross that day. We need to remember that. We have a great victory in Jesus Christ, and we must always remember that he is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Remember, the right hand is always the symbol of power. It's always the symbol of favor. It's God who does the healings. It's God who leads us and guides us our lives through the Holy Spirit. So we, like the Israelites, must place our trust, our hope in God alone. I found a couple interesting verses. Psalm 118 couple of interesting verses in 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And when you read this, your heart immediately says, yes, this is what I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. You know it's true because how many times have you been let, have you been let down by a man? I tell you thousands of times, I'll tell you again, and I'm not ashamed to tell you, I don't want it to happen, but if I have not let you down, if I have not let you down, hang around. I probably will. It is not my hope. It is not my desire. It is not my want, because I love you all very deeply. But being a man, I have faults. I know some of you find that hard to believe, but I have some major faults. And although it is not my want to let you down, I will, because I am but a mere man. Never put your trust in a man. Put your trust in God alone, through Jesus Christ. For he is worthy. The Lord has never let us down. The Lord has never let me down. And so true. And it's better for me to put my trust in the Lord than any confidence in man. And yet, and yet, when you get in trouble... When you get in trouble, you always start looking for the arm of flesh, the man to help you out. And yet you realize that it's better to put your trust in the Lord than it is to put your trust in man. But somehow we always bounce back. The rubber band always takes its shape again. And we run out looking for help from man instead of God. Instead of praying first, we seek something else first instead of lifting it up in prayer. How many times I've been discouraged and defeated. Though I even had the promises of God. And then some man comes along and says, okay, I'll take care of you. And immediately I go, oh, praise God, glory to God. We need to be trusting in our God. I have to put my confidence in his word and not the word of somebody else to take care of me. And that's what Samuel wanted to show to the Israelites. Saul was a man. He was a servant of God for the people. Both he, the king, and the people had to obey God's covenant. They had to obey God's law. Disobeying God's covenant meant that they would be forsaken by God. So as we begin chapter 12, Samuel now is stepping down. He is no longer going to be the head of the state of Israel because he was as a judge. He was basically a prominent man. So he's stepping down. They have proclaimed the king. There can only be one ruler. There can only be one ruler in your heart. There can only be one king. So Samuel's career as a judge is over, and now the reins of government are turned over to a... They go from a theocracy governed by God to a monarchy governed by man, and this is what Israel wanted. Samuel the judge speaking for God to the people And now Saul is ruling in a monarchy. It's a transition of authority. So in chapter 12, Samuel is now stepping down. And this becomes his farewell speech. This becomes his farewell address. And he's going to go into pretty much political obscurity after this. He's going to go away. 
He's going to step in the background. He's not going to be dealing with people like he did before. He's going to be dealing with Saul and with the individuals whom surround Saul. No longer a public figure. And this is his last speech to the nation. And he accomplishes three things in this speech, three things that we're going to look at. The first thing he speaks about is integrity, and he defends his own ministry. And you can find that in verses 1 through 5. We'll read them in a minute. He then reviews God's mercies towards the nation Israel, and it becomes sort of a history lesson, showing all of Israel what God had done for them. And then finally, in the last verses, he admonishes the people to fear the Lord and obey his covenant. So those three things we're going to get out of chapter 12 as we start. The focus is definitely on the Lord. That's what I love about Samuel. He always brings the focus back to the Lord because he mentions his name some 30 times in this chapter alone. So the focus is where it needs to be. Samuel now is trying to get this nation This nation that always seems to turn their back on God, now they have a king. Samuel's saying, okay, you got what you want. You know there's going to be problems, but please, please stay focused on the Lord. And that's my cry to you. That's my cry to every one of you. If you've ever been in in a problem and you've texted me or you called me, one of the things I'll say is stay focused on the Lord. This is what you need to do because he will see you through the problem. You need to stay focused on the Lord. We have to do that. See, Samuel's heart's desire was to see Israel return to the Lord and honor his covenant, which they have broken so many times, and which they will continue to break. It's well documented that Israel drifted away from the covenant many, many times. In fact, it's what brought them or took them into captivity because they broke the covenant. So let's begin with verses 1 through 5. And here we find Samuel defending his own ministry and his own integrity. Now Samuel said to all Israel, Indeed, I have heeded your voice and all that you said to me and have made a king over you. Now, he anointed the king with God's help, but he didn't choose the king. It was God who chose the king. So him saying, I got this king for you, but he's really saying that the Lord did it. He's not taking credit here. And now here is the king walking before you, and I am old and gray-headed. And look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. Here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed, which is Saul, whose ox I have taken, whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I cheated, whom have I oppressed, or from whom whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes. I will restore it to you. And they said, you have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Then he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and has anointed his witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. He is witness. Samuel is deeply hurt when the people demanded a king. Remember? Samuel was deeply hurt. He was cut to the quick because he knew all the Lord had done for them. But the Lord calmed Samuel's heart by saying, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They're rejecting me. But it still hurt. Because Samuel knew the ramifications of rejecting God. There are ramifications when we reject God's help, when we reject God's counsel, and we go our own way. Samuel knew the heartache that lay ahead for the nation. When we forsake the Lord and look to man, we are setting ourselves up for failure and great consequences. 
It must have been painful for Samuel to look in the eyes of his people and conduct this last convocation as their leader. He was stepping down. Saul was now going to come forth as king. Samuel was no longer going to be around. Looking into their eyes, it must have been painful. It was a time for a transfer of authority. Samuel had given up his authority over the nation and allowed a newly anointed king to take his rightful place. That's what we did. It was painful because even though Samuel's sons were wicked, remember that? We studied that. I'm sure he had hoped that one of them would secede him, even though they were wicked. It had been some 500 years since the first judge. 500 years now since the very first judge took place. But the times, they are changing, and the people wanted a king. Samuel had to set the record straight. He had to bear witness that his hands were clean, his conscience was clear, and that the people could find no fault in him. Samuel said, I've always been there. You remember how he started out his career with wicked Eli? Remember when we studied chapters 1, 2, 3? Samuel was born. His mother gave him over to the Lord. He took him up when he was weaned, they think about three years old, and left him with Eli and his wicked sons and just left him there to become the man he is. He was there in the place of worship. The people who would gather for worship saw him as a little boy, and they watched him grow year by year. They recognized that God's hand was upon him, and they accepted his authority naturally as God placed him in authority over the nation. He grew into great leadership, and he judged the nation for a long, long time. He grew in the man that God had wanted to be. He studied. He prayed. He learned all that he could from the Scriptures and was available to be used by God. These are great traits. You want to be used by God? You want God to lift you up and use you mightily? Be available. Read, study, pray. God will raise you up. God's looking for someone like this. Many of us want to be used by the Lord. And I know a lot of you out there want to be used by the Lord. But the problem is, some of us want to be used on our terms. We don't want to be used on God's terms. I'll serve you, Lord, but this has to happen. I'll serve you, Lord, here, but eh, i got to do this. We, we make demands on God instead of being available. So many of us want to be used by the Lord, but we have so many stipulations. Well, Lord, you have to do this, 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 then I'll serve you. Samuel walked before Israel most of his life, and now he stands there in front of them. He's gray-headed and old. Watch it. Samuel challenges them to accuse him of any wrongdoing. He challenges them to accuse him of any wrongdoing. Samuel says, I've done nothing wrong. Find out what's going on. Did I abuse my authority? Did I take from somebody? Did I do this? Did I do that? Challenging them because he says, hey, I'm not self-promoting. I didn't take anything from my benefit. I'm here, right here. Here I am in front of you, and I stand before you and God. Be my witness. All the people heard his voice. They knew he was a man of integrity. What is integrity? What does meaning be a man of integrity? I did look it up. It means integrity, the definition in the the dictionary is having good moral principles and being honest. I have my own definition of integrity. You might have heard it before. My definition of integrity is what you're doing when no one's watching. That's my definition of integrity. What are you doing when no one's watching? Do you look around and go, who would know? (laughs) God knows. God knows what we do when he's not watching. So they're looking at his integrity. When the Iron Nation gives their approval to him and they give a vote of confidence to Samuel, he called upon the Lord. And the newly appointed king, anointed king, is bearing witness that he did this. So 
Samuel stands before them and defends his ministry say, I served you with integrity. What a way to go out. What a blessed and beautiful picture we have of a man who fought the good fight, who ran the race with integrity, and he finished strong. He finished well. We talk so much about finishing well lately. And I heard, uh, I heard a message a long time ago about alcohol. And the person who gave the message happened to be Joe Foch from Philadelphia, Calvary Chapel. And he gave this great big message about the woes of drinking and not being drunk with wine. And when he came to the end, he said something that really stuck with me. And I want to share it with you. He said, we need to finish well. He said, we need to finish well. He said, let me give you two examples of not finishing well. Gee, I didn't know. He said, Noah. I said, Noah? Noah not finishing well? He said, what's the last scripture you see about Noah? Noah's lying drunk in his tent, and one of his boys uncovers his nakedness. That's the last thing you see about Noah in Genesis. He says, let me give you another example. Lot. What's the last thing you hear about Lot? Got drunk and had sex with his daughters. That's not finishing well, folks. To me, that's not finishing well. Samuel finished well. Samuel finished well. Jim, big Jim finished well. At Easter night, sitting there with him, sang him some songs, told him I loved him, read him scripture, held his hand. It was such a glorious time. He finished so well. What a blessing he was. What a blessing he still is to me. That's finishing well. So Samuel puts his integrity before the whole nation and says, you be the judge. You judge me. So then the finality of the chapter, we can break it up in verses 8 to 12. Samuel, having affirmed his credibility, now turns his thoughts towards the nation as a whole. Let's read verses 8 through 12. Oh, excuse me, verse 6. I beg, I beg your pardon. And Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron and who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord's concerning all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. When Jacob had gone into Egypt and your fathers cried out to the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. He's talking about the promised land. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hand of Caesarea, a commander of the army of Hazor, into the hand of the Philistines and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. And they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Asterisks. But now deliver us from the hand of our enemies, and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubbabel, Bedin, Jephthah, and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you dwelt in safety. Now when you saw Nahash, king of the Ammonites, come against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. He's reviewing their history. Every time they cried out, I'm astonished when I see Moses. Now, we read back, way back in Genesis, way back in Genesis, the Lord had told Abraham that his people will spend 400 years, 400 years being basically being slaves to another nation. But when the fullness of the Amorites come in, I will bring them out. When the fullness comes in, 400 years. And and Moses comes on the scene around around that time. And then all of a sudden, he's he's at the burning bush. 
He's at the burning bush, and he's crying out to the Lord. Have you not heard the cries of your people? Have you not seen the affliction? Don't you know what's happening down there? What was the Lord's answer? I've seen the affliction. I have heard their cries. And I know exactly what's going on down there. In fact, I'm sending you. And Moses gave a Jackie Gleason, humana, humana, humana. Wait a minute. So he rehearses all this. He rehearses all this. He reviews the history from Moses to his day. And he emphasizes what the Lord has done for him through his amazing grace. You see this picture of grace. Each one of you has a testimony. Each one of you has been given a testimony by Jesus Christ. Each one of you can say, this is how it began, and this is where I am today. You can take it from all the way back when you first got saved, and you can bring it all the way through, and you can look at all the wonderful things that happened in between, and you can point out the Lord here, the Lord there, the Lord here, and you can see how the Lord has been faithful, how the Lord has been consistent and been faithful, and how he's dealt with you. And you need to remember that. You need to remember that the next time you're slammed, the next time you are befallen by either a trial, a temptation, an illness, a sickness, or whatever, even if falling into sin, our God is faithful. He is faithful even when we are faithless. He will continue to be faithful to you. And that's what we need to know. Samuel gives appropriate thanks to the Lord, acknowledging that God was not only fair and just throughout all of Israel's history. He's been a fair God. He's been a just God. Your father Jacob went down to to Egypt, and there your fathers were oppressed. They cried unto the Lord, and God sends Moses and Aaron, and they brought them out of Egypt to this very land, Samuel says. But fathers began to forsake him. Your fathers began to forsake God. And it was only after they had forsaken God that God allowed their enemies now to come in and start beating them up. And even then when you cried out to God, he answered the call. Samuel named some of the judges that God used to deliver and finally come unto himself. Tells them that you faced another crisis and rather than crying out for God for his deliverance, rather than getting on your knees and repenting of your sin, you said, we want a king. Samuel said, in doing so, You're rejecting God from being your king. So you're going to a theocracy. You're going from a theocracy, a place governed by God, to a monarchy governed by an earthly king. When we reject God in our lives, we become king of our lives. We stand on the front of the Titanic and yell, king of the world! It's a great place to be on the deck of the Titanic. Samuel says, this is what you want. Look what God has done. You know, and I'm amazed when we go through trials, how many people forget everything God did. How many people forget everything God has done in their lives up until this point? It's almost like where the one in the corner says, okay, what have you done for me lately? We become king of our lives. We take God's rule out, and we become king. You are sure. Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. 
find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. While we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, right now we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m. along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.